Hello and welcome to the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast, a place where we will dive deep into epic discussions on birth, motherhood, womanhood, rites of passage, and so much more. We are your hosts, Lucy, a mama of four, a birth keeper, a women's worker, and a past midwife who has left the system in the pursuit of truly being with woman. And Christy, a mama of three, birth and pregnancy advocate, community service worker with a strong interest in the shamanic dimensions of the journey from girlhood into womanhood and beyond. Come with us now as we unravel today's conversation. Okay, welcome to episode two of the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast with Lucy and Christy. Um, Today we have beautiful Carla, who is um, a mama of two young children, a birth keeper and a postpartum caregiver. She supports mamas in her community through the full spectrum of the birth continuum. Her invitation to this work came through her two contrasting experiences of birth and postpartum with her two babies. Carla has a background in shiatsu, bodywork, yoga, meditation, and slow herbalism. She is a rewilding and re-villaging enthusiast. Carla's offering is a blend of these modalities as well as wisdom that has been passed to her under the guidance of an elder birth worker in her community. So Carla, thank you so much for making time this morning to speak with us. I have been following you for a little while now and um, I just completely love and adore um, the medicine that you put out there on your platform and your representation of women's work and birth work and your raw conversations in this realm. Everything that you share, I resonate so deeply with I'm pretty sure I shared your page um with Christy when she was pregnant about a year ago is that right Christy when I first yeah yeah that's how I met well not met yeah that's how I found Carla and I was yeah I, I also feel the same about you Carla I'm like yeah she's she's a bit of a legend this one yeah so yeah thank you so much for being here we're so excited to hear your story this morning. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here and thanks for being interested in my story as well. Yeah, I just, I feel it's like refreshing to have these conversations mm. and bringing this care that for so many is kind of common sense as we were speaking about earlier, but for a lot of people, it's a revelation and it's a different way of doing things. And it's important to have these conversations and hear these stories so that women can connect back in with their inner medicine and their inner wisdom. Um, and definitely myself as a birth worker and um, a midwife who chose to, to deregister herself, <laughs> I, I, yeah resonate with your work and this is kind of the direction that I personally feel called to walk towards and where I feel most authentic um 
So I guess to jump in um, to the conversation today, um, we first just wanted to ask, yeah, like what called you first to step into the birth realm and how did this journey unravel for you? So it's kind of hard to know exactly where it starts, um, but I think the call came really clear after the birth of my second child and so um, you mentioned earlier that I had contrasting experiences so my first birth was um, a planned home birth that got transferred in labour and became a very medicalised experience and I also had minimal support in the postpartum time and in a way that could almost be seen as like normal <laughs> or common um but yeah after the birth of my second baby which was like an ecstatic undisturbed experience and everything that I wanted and needed um as well as having beautiful postpartum care from a an incredible wise woman birth keeper and community care I yeah, I guess it was like this arrival for me into what is not only possible, but what should be standard, that it's our birthright to experience physiological birth. I believe that every woman should have at least that opportunity to experience it. You know, very occasionally there's a medical, a true medical condition that, you know, we could actually be thankful for um thankful to the medical system for to have that service but um you know instead of it being like what's the rates like 45 percent physiological birth or physio or, or natural birth um I think it needs to be like way higher like up in the 90 percent um because it's life-changing like to have you know, those flowing hormones and the endorphins. Um, when you meet your baby, there's just nothing in this human existence compares to that. And there's so much medicine in that that our world needs right now. Mm. And so, yeah, so I had this experience and I was like, holy shit, that's what birth is. And imagine if most women could experience this and so that definitely drew me to want to step up into this work but so did the postpartum care because you know I went from having a couple of meals dropped off in my first with my first baby to having baths and steams and bodywork and beautiful food cooked for me with like that were in line with the postpartum principles and herbal remedies and this wise woman like holding me and even though I had a beautiful birth like I still needed all of that like I needed it so much and so that was yeah just so inspirational to think that I could then go and provide that for others. Mm. And yet, yeah, I, yeah. I can resonate with that. <laughs> I can totally, totally resonate with that. That was um, 
very similar to my story. And it's like you just want other women to experience how you felt because it's so big and so transformational. Like I get teary every single time I think about it and I almost become like, you need to, you need to understand, like you have to feel this. Like Mm. it's what we're meant to feel and just to be so supported by other women too. It's just, oh, my God, there's nothing quite like it, hey. And it's wild (laughs) that it's wild that that's not normal care, (laughs) to be honest. It's like um, it's wild to me because I guess I was so fortunate to receive kind of a lot of postpartum support with all my birth experiences. Like I, I feel so lucky. Um, So to me, in a way, that was very normalized because I was a birth worker before I had children. I was a doula and I I cared for women in that traditional, I guess, way, as in like the meal train was very normalized by the time I had babies. So um, to think, and I was still blown away by how beautiful that was to be supported by community. But to think that some women are so isolated and have to fend for themselves after being so expanded and going through a rebirth and, you know, a death and a rebirth and then come to the other side and are just like left alone just feels so wrong to me. And you're right, like every woman, regardless of your birth, like you deserve and you actually need that time of nourishment and being held because all your edges have been blown out you've had to make so much space energetically and physically to let this baby through you need someone to hold you because and bring all your edges back and to bring the warmth back into your body and um yeah I've had three really like straightforward birth experiences but every time there was definitely stuff that came up for me that left me feeling shell-shocked and it was like that time of integration after, which is so important that you you need that time. You need that time to like shuffle through your birth story and find the medicine and, and understand what just happened to you and why and to get to know your baby and bond and your milk's coming in. There's so much going on. Um so obviously that's that needs to be standardized care. <laughs> and yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? That that so many women, it's they would have never even heard of a meal train or postpartum doula or care and nourishment like that is seen as uh well they wouldn't A, they might not have heard of it and some of the beautiful things that you do for women in postpartum. But B, they might think, oh, it's not for me, that's for, you know, only certain types of women or whatever but I think if we all normalize this care women would really thrive and we'd realize how necessary um postpartum care is as much as antenatal preparation and birth support it's like the continuum and it sets us up to be strong mothers and strong women um so you touched upon yeah you already touched upon what your personal experiences of birth have been like um I guess I want to ask then perhaps going into your first birth did you have any like foundational knowledge or um 
like what kind of was your understanding of birth when you were your maiden you know pre-child self you just conceived your first little babe and you're thinking about birth um what preparation did you do leading into that birth and what was your foundational knowledge around the birth realm yeah so I felt like um my birth education pretty much started when I fell pregnant and I was like oh shit I've got to you know learn and work out what I'm going to do I was fortunate enough to have lived in um a fairly alternative community where all of the women or all of the mothers around me had done home birth so um yeah I guess the first thing well I felt pretty convinced straight away that home birth was right for me I'd already sort of um you know broken free from the ways of the system in other areas of my life like I'd left the city and I was living off grid and in a commune and that sort of thing so it was kind of like a no-brainer that I would stay out of the hospital and yeah have a home birth and yeah even like the investment for a private midwife wasn't an issue for me and my partner even though it meant like borrowing money and that sort of thing we were like well you know if we want to do things outside the system then we have to like you just pay for it you pay the person that's doing that work for you so yeah I um didn't do any formal education I didn't feel drawn to like a birth class or anything like that I sort of just read books and um also tended to my own uh history when it came to birth so um I was born by cesarean I was my mother's firstborn and she was told that the cesarean was necessary because her pelvis was too small and I'm of a very similar stature to my mum so I knew that that was something that I needed to work through and I did like I did the best that I could um if I could turn back time I would have actually engaged a mentor uh, or um yeah or someone that could just support me in that journey because there's really you know whilst I had the answers inside of myself I sort of needed someone holding up the mirror uh just to help me see a little bit clearer uh but pretty much I feel like you know I made this decision to home birth and I felt like well that's already a step above what my mum did for her birth and then I looked into active birth and was seeing how if you're upright then it means that the pelvis opens better and that sort of thing so yeah I was like sweet I'm birthing at home and I'm going to be active in my labor so I shouldn't have any worries um and yeah in preparation I did a lot of yoga I already practiced yoga um prior to falling pregnant and yeah, just spent a lot of time in nature, um, eating really well, looking after myself. I didn't have any scans or anything like that. I just had my appointment with the private midwife and she didn't really do any um, birth preparation with me. Um, 
Yeah. So looking back, I feel like I could have done with a lot more guidance, not necessarily education, but just, yeah, someone like say even questioning me like, oh, so why would you, why do you think you need to do active positions the whole way through your labor? <laughs> like just that sort of thing, just to sort of dig a little bit deeper into like what's really going on here behind these decisions that you're making. Yeah, I reckon um, it's almost like the spiritual side of pregnancy as well, like getting that support. That was the biggest thing for me is that having just said Lucy there with me. Um, sorry, I've got my baby here, everyone. So, yeah, mum laughs. I'm not here in the background. But, yeah, that for me was that reflecting on even just like my red thread, like my mother line, like the women in my family, how they give birth and just also like my fears and um, exactly what you said, just somebody there just mirroring and like, you know, repeating what I'm saying and so I can process it better. So I totally, that I think that that is one of the most important things being guided in is through pregnancy really because you can get a bit heady and thinking, overthinking, you know. Exactly. And, you know, it makes so much sense that, you know, this was my first baby. I hadn't necessarily done a lot of preparation prior to getting pregnant. And so it's like I was trying to guide myself on this journey of inner work and spiritual birth preparation. But really, I just needed someone else who'd been through it before or that, you know, understood those spiritual and emotional aspects that could just really hold me through that and guide me through that. So you felt that your midwife didn't feel those kind of um, needs. She was more there for physical care? Yeah, that's mostly what it was. Like she did step up um, a couple of times. So when I was um, when I was pregnant with my first daughter, baby who was a, a daughter um I was also losing my mum to terminal cancer and um mum ended up passing away right on my due date so I I went oh. 10 days over but yeah my so my midwife she stepped up and supported me with that um which was beautiful and I was really thankful for that. But otherwise it was, you know, the visits that we had through pregnancy were mostly just that physical care and, yeah, just building familiar familiarity and stuff. But, yeah, it was, when I had um, a different birth keeper the second time around, that's when I really got to understand the difference between someone who's really well-rounded and someone who's just there doing the physical care. Um, but, yeah, I also, like, the midwife for my first baby also mentioned that I need to look into my first, into the way I was born, and she placed a lot of importance on that, and she'd say things like, you know, the way you were born, you can just give birth. Most women will give birth exactly like that if they don't do any conscious exploration. So I was like, oh, shit, like, I really need to do this um but then interestingly enough in the birth she was the one 
that brought that up in my labour and said like, oh, I don't think this baby's able to move through your pelvis. So, yeah. Um, bizarre. It's it's very bizarre and I'm still like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> when I think about the actions that um, my midwife took in my labour, um, and whilst I could so easily fully place the blame on her, I also know that, um, you know, the way the birth played out reflected where I was at in myself. It reflected that I didn't fully believe in my body. And in hindsight, if I didn't have that birth, I probably wouldn't be doing this work that I'm doing now. So, you know, I wonder, like, what was going on for her when she made those decisions and she did these weird things? And then I'm like, maybe it was the divine actually acting through her and being like, yeah, you need to intervene now. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so wild, isn't can it? have this particular journey that she needs to have. So, yeah. But it also, um, it also really highlights the importance of even if you are hiring someone who you think fits the model of care that you want you still need to completely stay in your power and not hand over your power because you have expectations of your care provider and um it's so yeah it's so important that we reclaim our births like even if we choose to have um a midwife obstetrician whatever even a birth keeper a doula whoever um that we don't then kind of hand it over and fully put our whole expectation of how our birth plays out like in their hands if that makes sense it's like so important that we stay true in our power and empower ourselves and do that self-exploration and ask those questions and ask the questions of our care provider like really delve deep to make sure they're the right people for us um and I think as a birth worker myself and I've been like in the birth space for 12 years that to me really is the what's going to change the face of birth is that women reclaiming that power and realizing that it, it's not about finding the right person that's part of it that's definitely part of it because you deserve to feel nurtured and nourished and held but part of finding the right person is fully being in your power and taking responsibility for your birth experience if that makes sense and um yeah not just being like okay I think you seem like you fit like you tick all the boxes I'm gonna like just leave it now um but if we really did stand up and say like this is what I want and be in our power the whole way then that's gonna then shift the dynamic of birth I believe anyway yeah I absolutely agree and I think that that is another aspect of my preparation was that was lacking was no one said to me like hey if I'm if the midwife might make a decision that you're not happy about what are you going to do like it, there was just this full assumption that she would support me in what I wanted and that she would support the natural physiology of my birth and she didn't and home birth midwives don't 
always do that. So we need to address these assumptions that we have when we hire midwives or hire anyone. Um, I do find that birth keepers tend to operate differently where they're always, there's like this guiding principle that you bring it back to the mother always and say, well, what do you want? And this is always your choice. And what do you Mm. feel? But that wasn't happening with my midwife and I just didn't know any better. And, you know, I always think back to that pregnancy and think if I had a doula or if I had um, a birth mentor or someone like that, that could just plant those seeds with me and just open my eyes to it. Because, you know, I was in this place where I did give the power to her um, through the pregnancy. I did like, you know, Luckily, she was fine with me not having scans or anything. Um, And that's kind of how we did end up working together because that was sort of a boundary I wouldn't have crossed. But otherwise, like, yeah, in my labour, she had all the power. Everything she said, me and my partner were like, oh, okay, well, we need to do that now. And then, you know, she made the call to transfer and we didn't really understand why or it didn't seem like there was a reason why. But she was packing up her bags and she was leaving. And so we were like, well, okay, like we've got to go because she said we have to go. So, yeah, I, I do wonder, like, how do we spread this awareness? Because I see it now in my community that women are like, oh, I've hired the home birth midwife. I'm all good. Like, I don't need a doula. I don't need to go and do any other education. Like. They're like, no, the, yeah, the midwife, that's all I need. And that's, it's a big investment, like, to hire a private midwife. So you'd kind of want that to be all that you have to invest in. But, yeah, it's like, how do you access that work around, you know, really holding the power and knowing your rights and your decisions in the birth space and through the pregnancy? But, yeah, it's. I guess it starts in the pregnancy, doesn't it, and then continues through to the birth space. I think I think this is all the work that we're all doing now, though, too. Like, we're all doing it right now, bringing that awareness. And I think, like, also I just want to acknowledge, like, you leaving your mum when you're pregnant, like, must have been such a deep process. Like, I just want to acknowledge that and just send you so much love because that's so deep and, like, heartbreaking um so yeah like I just I I, when I heard that I sort of like went oh my gosh like it's a really big thing to go through and probably makes you an even better birth worker to be honest because you had your foot in two realms at once birth and death and then you're initiated you're being initiated to motherhood yourself while losing your mum like that's huge yeah really really big so (laughs) thank Um, you it's um it was heartbreaking but it was also quite gentle and beautiful at the same time just having that that preparation for her her passing it wasn't like a sudden death I can't imagine how hard that would be um but I kind of like it was almost like spirit or someone was just laying out to me what was happening they're like all right so your mum's passing away you're going to become you're becoming a mother through your Mm -hmm. pregnancy and you're going to have a baby soon and 
you need to heal your relationship with your mum right now. Yeah. Yes. So I did that and that I, I'm so grateful for that because I don't know if I would have done that work with her mm. if she wasn't passing away. And, yeah. you know, just the synchronicities, like I was surrounded by them, like, you know, the fact that she passed away on my due date, there was something so comforting about that, especially because at that point in my life, I was, there was a lot of emphasis on the due date as it is for a lot of first time mums. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then having my, my midwife had actually, you know, she'd already been through that process of losing her mum, uh, a close friend in my life. Um, also lost her mum at a, a young age so I had those two there with me in that mm-hmm. last week before I went into labour and I just felt really held um, I also had enough time to write an obituary for my mum's funeral like before oh. I went into labour and that was like so much closure <laughs> and relief from that knowing that my brother would read that out and so yeah um and just feeling like such a strong connection between death and birth like them being two sides of the same coin and so yeah I don't like when people say to me like oh that's a tragedy I'm like no tragedy is not the right word it that was just my and (laughs) it was so deep and yeah I don't think that I would be who I am now and working the way that I do if I didn't have that experience and actually I see this lots now um like someone in the mother's realm passing away seems to happen often yeah there's definitely something to that hey like I don't know it's more I can't even like intellectualize that it's more of a feeling um that I feel around that but definitely yeah, definitely I can see how that that initiate that wild initiation of so many elements has brought you into this role that you're doing now today. And so much like yeah, depth and medicine and wisdom that you you were able to draw from that experience. Like, yeah, you're a really special person. <laughs> like, yeah, that that's a that's a really big opportunity. Hey, a lot to draw from. Yeah, definitely. I was um also just thinking before when we were talking about like where we're doing the work, we're the ones bringing the awareness. Like one of my passions is like young girls, like because that really, I don't know, there's something like a fire in within me around that because I needed this so badly when I was younger I would have loved like you know Instagram's got its pros and its cons but even to just be exposed to women like us to be honest um younger like teaching us about our bodies our you know pregnancy sex death like all of this stuff that has been so suppressed and hidden because you know I struggled so much growing up And, um, you know, I'm definitely the woman that I've craved to be now, but, you know, there was a lot of pain and heartache and like a very traumatized birth for my first and period and sex and all of that and just body image and self-esteem, which is really, it's all connected. Like our first period, 
all of it. Um, bringing that awareness to young women is definitely like another step in the right direction. Um, I don't know, like, what do you think about that? Oh, I absolutely agree. And like, sometimes I just wish that there was five of me. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much that I do and that I want to do. But I have definitely thought about, imagine if young women, like in their teenage years, learn about physiological birth and you know watched some birth videos or heard these stories and you know it's so much more than birth too it is like you know your cycle and intimacy and that sort of thing because you know they are kind of all one thing so yeah like I just wonder how much different my journey would have been if I'd had exposure to physiological birth well before I fell pregnant but especially in those potent years like of puberty and like a subject at school yeah and I mean let's be real it's never going to be a subject in school (laughs) like in the schooling system but you know just some occasional workshops here and there or like a weekend camping um, with women, with women like us, like mentors, like women that have that depth and that spirituality as well, like with the connection to nature, our cycles. Oh, I just, yeah, I want to give that to all the girls. Yeah, and I think, you know, that could so easily become your life's work as well. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where do we place our energy? Because Totally, <laughs> totally, because there's so much work to do. so much work (laughs) I think yeah it's about modeling um how we feel in our bodies and how we respect our cycles and sometimes it is just showing up in our own life and sharing and that can be enough to that send out ripples Mm -hmm. and I think it is more about how you the, the um curiosity you feel about your own body and the respect and reverency that is perhaps lacking in girls and young women, which then flows obviously forward into birthing. Um, If we honoured and were curious about our cycles and uh, honoured our monthly cycle and really knew how to nurture and look after ourselves when we were bleeding and understood when we're fertile and when we're not like how much magic and potency <laughs> would come from that and the curiosity of like understanding like even your anatomy like what like what is like your vulva and your vagina and your cervix and like your pelvic floor and your pelvis and fully connecting in because we're definitely very unconscious um at the moment <laughs> we have been for a long time where women disconnect from their bleed they find it dirty shameful because of the conditioning um but we that means we disconnect from our fertility as well and then when we're pregnant so many women have never explored their vagina which is wild to me and they have a lot of shame around it and I'm like well a baby's gonna come through there (laughs) though I mean, and if you're happy for 
other people to see you naked and pushing your baby out, especially in the system when so many people end up having a look at your vulva and vagina and putting fingers places they shouldn't be. Um, I think it's really important that women feel empowered in that space in themselves. And yeah, I think if we kind of can, are we able to plant seeds soon, like when, in, you know, young girls' minds, then they would just continue to be curious and have reverency. And hopefully that also would play a part in how they grow into women and birth and mothering. Um, but it's a big job. And I think sometimes it does start with us just modeling to our own girls and women around us and just living our truth. And that can be enough. Um, I guess we kind of in a way have answered this question, but I, but bringing it back to birth culture, um, what needs to change in the current birth culture? Do you believe? That's a very big question. I know. That is a big yeah. question. <laughs> but I mean, I mean if yeah, there's so many answers to that question. Like I could never choose one, but um, yeah, like, women centering themselves as the authority of their experience like remembering that actually yeah the wisdom that they need to birth is inside of them um but I'd I'd love to see a lot more when awareness spread around the safety of physiological birth and the you know the conditions required for physiological birth which is birthing at home in your safe space and you know having people attend you that support physiological birth or know how to facilitate physiological birth um, because you know there's a lot of there's this big narrative getting around that's like just birth wherever you feel safest and it's like so most women are going to say the hospital it does it shouldn't end there be like oh okay well if you feel safest in the hospital that's where you should birth because it's like why why do you feel safest in the hospital it's because of a lifetime of conditioning and so yeah um that's why I just harp on about physiological birth all the time because that is it you know that's different to a vaginal birth a natural birth and empowered birth like this is natural physiological undisturbed birth and like I said it's life-changing it's an absolutely life-changing experience and that is what I believe women need to have when they're stepping into motherhood is that that power of their bodies and that orchestration of nature and realizing that they're so much a part of it and that they're a part of the earth and you know, that they are the ones that birth this baby into the world and they're the ones that's going to be mothering it. And, yeah, so that's what I would really like to see change. Like I can see a lot of the, you know, the people the in the birth realm that want to make change, but they're kind of like beating around the bush a little bit or, you know, just not um speaking up too much are like oh you know it's okay like you can have an empowered birth in the hospital like because you just have to say no to everything and if that's what you want then that's perfect and it's like come on we need to aim higher than that and like who cares if we lose followers for speaking out about it or who cares if we don't get every single client because we've said that physiological birth is 
like the goal. So yeah, I think that's what's been playing on my mind a lot lately around what needs to change is it's like, come on, like, just let's just aim for that. Let's make it happen. There's so much stigma almost now around physiological birth, like you're trying to push an agenda onto women and it's like so bizarre to me. I'm like, okay, um, it's it's because physiological birth is almost like extinct. Um, it's so important that we talk about it. And, um, yeah, I think because obviously birth is such um, – an expansive time and like there's a lot of triggers flying around so it yeah it's it's sometimes um that's why I think a lot of people pussyfoot around trying to keep everyone happy but you can't actually make everyone happy and also maybe women do need to hear hard truths and that's going to ask like they're going to ask a question of themselves then it's going to plant that seed of self-inquiry and the other question that women who feel they are going to be safest in a hospital need to ask themselves is why is it being driven from a place of fear? Because I don't think a lot of women actually feel safe in a hospital really when they act, if you really understood policy and procedure and limitations of birthing in the system, I don't believe many women, like if you took fear off the table would choose that. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think a lot of, um, yeah, I find it really interesting that women, especially women who then, who who maybe perhaps choose, they say, I'd like a home birth, but my first, it's my first baby. So I'm just going to birth in hospital this time. That's a, Next that's time I will. But it's like, one. but it's like your, that, that decision <laughs> Again, this is the self-inquiry and the um, having the ability to peel back layers and question things that we don't really do enough of. Um, you're kind of, that's just being completely driven by a place of fear, not um, in, like fully empowered decision-making with all the facts. Um, and... Again, it's like maybe if we we knew the process better of physiological birth and how incredibly designed our bodies are to birth, we'd have so much more trust in that. And then I also wanted to lead into pain in labour, which you speak about often and I love the way you speak about it. Um, so, yeah, would you mind touching upon yeah, your take on this topic? You know, the, again, another kind of taboo topic because we've been engulfed in the last uh probably like 15 10 15 years of like you know orgasmic birth ecstatic birth calm birth but we aren't speaking about pain in birth which is like for so many women a reality and something that there's a lot of fear around but if we deconstruct that um then we can really like harness that uh to work with us and it's no longer um par- like it, it no longer has that paralyzing effect of fear like if we harness and learn and empower ourselves around that topic yeah exactly like and the way I see our birth culture like when I take 
take a step back and I see the medicalized setting and I see, you know, the natural birth education and all of the different perspectives around pain and there's they're just so warped and you know I get why the natural birth movement has come in and been like oh but you know if you do this this and this then birth won't be painful and it can be orgasmic and you know because literally um one of the ways that the medical system took over was by like using pain the pain of birth as a tool in a way and being like well guess what guys you don't have to experience pain because you can have medication and experience a painless birth that way um and you know all of the horror stories about pain have pervaded our culture which actually come hand in hand with birth trauma and not being treated very well or you know being in the system and wanting to have a natural birth and people coming and saying like oh it doesn't look like you're handling the pain like so yeah it literally is such a complex mess and um from my own birthing experiences I guess I've developed an approach which is you know so much informed by physiological birth and in physiological birth without pain medication, um, obviously, and with no guarantee that you can have an orgasmic painless birth. You, so it's so likely that you're going to meet pain in your birthing experience. And so you really need to be in a good headspace about that. You can't be like, oh, no, I'm not going to meet that because I do this special breathing technique or no, I'm not going to meet that because it's it's not as bad as what people say it is but like let's get real it's huge the sensations and intensity in a normal natural birth are unlike anything that we experience in normal life and so we need to be prepared for that and we need to look at that in a real way not like oh it's a scary thing and I can't do it it's like no, actually, it's big and you need to prepare for it and you can do it. And what is going to support you through that? Is it having, you know, a calm, quiet environment? Is it having people in your space that are there to hold you through that rather than try and take it away? Is it um, connecting to something bigger than yourself that is going to give you strength in those moments where you just want to run away from it? So that's really where I'm at is trying to be real about the pain, reframe it in a positive light because it's absolutely a powerful part of the experience. Like any woman that goes through that and comes out the other side is thinks that they're like a queen, you know, <laughs> and that's how we're meant to feel after we give birth. And so, yeah, I guess I... I really love spending time with my clients one-on-one -on -one exploring pain and being like, you know, what's your relationship to pain? How do you already move through it? Um, and, you know, what stories have you heard about the pain in birth and that sort of thing? And, yeah, um, I guess mentoring them through that preparation. And, yeah, I love talking about this topic on social media because, 
it seems to bring in a lot of interest and people's different opinions and people feel like sharing their story in response. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I just want to mention something else that I feel is relevant is that, um, you know, even within the natural birth movement and they're talking about coping with pain, I still see so much distraction, like, oh, use this birth comb or use the TENS machine. And not that, like, I don't think they have a place in the birth space, but it's like, can we not focus so much on distraction and more focus on the mother's abilities and strength that she has within her to meet that pain and also um you know just the natural physiology what does the natural physiology need because a birth comb is not going to do shit if you've got someone sitting in the corner who can't handle the pain that you're going through and you know is scared or uncomfortable um or you know is is wanting you to go to the hospital to get pain relief you know so yeah I just wanted to mention that too because distraction from pain is disempowering I think to be honest you know pain for me came up um massively like right at the end of my pregnancy I was fucking terrified of the thought of it because I just had this in my head that I don't have a high pain threshold. I'm, I'm actually really terrified of it. Um, but I knew, I remember just one time just sitting at the back, just in just a hole about it. Cause I knew I was having a home birth, not going to the hospital. I know what I'm doing, but it was just this, the, the inner work, you know, the work of the woman. But it's like, I remember just ended up, I ended up writing a poem about pain to just to move through it and it was so effective like when helping me just sit with it and be like it's all right like it's okay like and yeah it was just a really really beautiful process that helped me a lot and also what helped me too in my labor was connecting with her, like my baby like talking to my baby like just I remember saying to her all the way through like just ease me into it ease me into it I'm scared and she did like you know and the end was intense of course um but there's this weird thing right like even though that was super intense I remember looking up at Lucy and saying I just can't do this anymore I'm done I can't do it and Lucy's like you're already doing it and I was like oh and it was so it was so painful but now at the the time that I'm at now I actually crave that moment it's really weird like I crave the sensation I want it back. I want to feel that again because I'm like, oh, that was just, yes, bring it on. Because it taps you into your ultimate power and source and you can then think back on that moment at any time in your life and use that power. Yes. You know, it, it's so uh, magical like and something that we really can't disregard. Like birth is so integral it's just so important, the whole process um, yes. and and the intensity and the pain or whatever you want to call it is part of that initiation oh. and you realising how bloody strong you are, um, mm. which then you need you will need to <laughs> most likely tap back into as a mother in those challenging moments um, or in other, other 
um, life experiences on your journey through life. And um, also back to the, like physiology, if you if we normalize physiological pain, you then know that it's not anything to be fearful of. You're not going to die. That pain is there for a purpose. Um, and that helps me a lot having that such like my first birth it was insanely painful. I had a posterior labor and it was really painful. Um, but I think because I had such uh, like such faith, unwavering faith and understanding of physiology, I knew that I wasn't dying. You know, I wasn't in danger. If I could get through this and work my way through this, I'd birth my baby and all would be well. But it took that element, I guess, of fear and panic out of the equation. And so that's why it is so important that we understand the physiology of birth so that when we have these sensations that that shock us in birth or scare us, we can be like, it's okay. This pain has purpose. This is physiology. It's not pain that's endangering me or my baby. And it reframes it, doesn't it? It helps you kind of move through maybe that initial conditioning that you have around pain it's different it's different pain it's different to anything you've ever experienced yeah and that's totally what's been lost and that's what's missing from so many of these conversations in the natural birth realm is like that the pain has a physiological function and also that you know, yes, it's intense and like your body's doing something pretty crazy, like with opening up for a baby to move through. But also, you know, we have to be aware of the hormones and that cocktail and how that supports us to move through the pain. Because if you were giving birth and you're in that most intense part and you don't have that hormonal haze, like you probably literally would die from the pain. But we need to remember why, um, you know, we need to be in a safe space that supports the hormones and that supports the physiology because I can 100% guarantee that the same woman having the same kind of birth in, say, a home birth where she's supported to move through the pain as opposed to in the hospital where she's got people coming and offering her pain relief, she will experience different levels of pain there. So, you know, when I speak about pain and I'm like, you're strong enough to get through it, like it's not like it's not as scary as what we think. That applies to women birthing at home <laughs> that have the optimal conditions. I can't say that for a woman that's birthing in the hospital that has strangers coming into the room, that has people turning the lights on, people that are interrupting her and bringing her out of her zone because maybe that pain actually isn't, you can't cope with that pain. It's very different. And, of course, if there's an induction and you've got the syntocinin strength contractions but you don't have those natural hormones like yeah that's probably impossible and it's this kind of pain in the hospital setting that you know carries into our stories that makes women think like oh well, I heard that it's actually the worst possible pain ever 
and I like that woman couldn't do it so I probably can't do it either but it's like no that is that's not a natural birth and that's not the type of pain that you would meet in you know a physiological setting totally my even my second my son my second birth I was in a hospital and it was like a vaginal birth natural birth whatever whatever you call it in a hospital but um compared to my third like the pain was so intense because I just it was just around oh, on so many levels like just being on my back bright lights like I just wanted to disassociate it was I couldn't even I couldn't deal with it at all like I was I didn't I wasn't in my body at, it was just too much so and it was sorry <laughs> It's a totally different type of pain for when if you like prepare for a home birth. Um, I don't know, there's just something so different about it, isn't it? Like so different. Especially when you've set up your environment and your intention and have the right people there. It's just a totally different vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Completely. so I guess yeah, it's so much of the work that I do and the intention I have is just sharing the truth about birth and the truth about pain and the truth about women and you know what we can what we are actually capable of and you know nature's perfect design that has and sort of oh sorry go go Christy. oh no I was just gonna say that's why we love you that's why because you're very mm. you've got like a really grassroots vibe about you what's that side of you <laughs> I'm Capricorn <laughs> Of course, I knew it. I'm like, she's so earthy and like, there's just something and your delicious postpartum food. I'm just like, damn, break me off a piece of that. You're so like, anchored it's so, in. It's so yummy. I'm like, she's an earth sign because I always, you've got a vibe on Instagram. Like I always see you come up and you've got a very safe anchoring earthy vibe. And yeah, I just, I really appreciate you. You're very inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> It's just nice to know that there's people that think like us too. And it's like, I don't know, I guess it's radical to some people, but to me it's like, yes, like these are the this is what we need. Like it's the truth, it's earthy, it's grounded, it's like I'm telling it how it is, but also in a really feminine and nurturing way. And I love it. So thank you. <laughs> just getting back to basics, I reckon. It's just like we've got so caught up in all of these distractions and things we need for our birth space. But it's like at the end of the day, all you need is like a true understanding of physiology so that you can have trust in your body and be in your power and make decisions from, yeah, from your place of power. Um, it's really get Yeah. We just need to kind of minimize a lot of the distractions and the fear based um care that is out there and the and the fear that is instilled in women about their bodies and not being able to trust their bodies which is just so upsetting um you started I guess in a way to, to answer this next question um of kind of the care that you give women and families um so would you like to talk us through kind of what your package, I guess, of care looks like? Like what does that journey look like when a pregnant mama comes to you? Um, what things do you, yeah, what, what things do you, do you 
give to her journey, um, the conversations that you have, um, and then, uh, yeah, nourishment and things postpartum. I'd love to kind of unpack that a little bit more and, and normalize that care for women who aren't as familiar. Sure. So after working in this space for a couple of years, I've kind of just come back to working only in one way. And that's, um, as a companion through the full birthing continuum. So that means that I support women in birth preparation uh, in the birth space, and then I do their postpartum care. And I've just found that to be such a perfect format because, you know, if I just offer the birth support, then most women would actually just get that because you know, we're still growing this awareness around how important the postpartum is. But I literally couldn't just do the birth and then abandon the woman in the postpartum because I can't separate the two. Um, so, and for a while there, I was offering postpartum support alone, but that didn't feel good either because I didn't feel like I had enough time or experience with the mother to develop that intimacy and trust to then be that safety for her in postpartum and that's really important to me like that's actually what fuels me um, with the work is the connection that I develop with the mother and so I dropped that too and so now I literally am just that um, yeah that continuity of care for mothers um, but in I've tried to make my practice super well-rounded where, you know, in the birth preparation, we do education around physiology. We do that preparation for pain. Um, yeah, I think otherwise the preparation journey is so much guided by her and just going to her for a prenatal session and just listening, like what's happening in her life, how is she feeling, what's coming up for her. Um, I guess I'm most of the time, you know, working through fears with women because we all have them. Um, we grew up in a pretty shitty birth culture. So, yeah, just tending to that. Um, I spend a lot of time with the partner or the dad because I found that they need thorough preparation just like the mother does. Um, I try to sort of really centre the partner as the number one support person in the birth space, so above me and above the midwife if there is one. Um, I, I also only work with families choosing to birth at home I thought I'd just add that in um and so I do two sessions with the couple and you know really focusing on the dad and what's happening for him and his fears and his role in the space and then I do two sessions focusing on postpartum um, with the couple so, yeah, education around what postpartum is and the physiology of postpartum and then a logistics session around the planning and what support they have and what the gaps are. Um, I spend, you know, time one-on-one -on -one with the mother as well through pregnancy and then I also hold the mother blessing 
Um, there's been a few times where she's had, you know, someone else that she'd prefer to hold the blessing, but I always show up on that day because I see it as a beautiful opportunity to connect deeper with her and get to know her friends and family. And also I like to school up her community around how they can support her in postpartum. It's like just an opportunity for that broader education. Um, yeah, and then supporting her through birth, which I could say so much about, but I'll probably just leave leave it there as, you know, a birth witness. I don't tend to do much in the space, and I think that reflects the preparation that we do. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really big and probably could I could spend an hour talking on that. But um yeah, and then the postpartum care. So I sort of do several short visits in that first week after birth and just make sure the the mother has everything she needs and that her space is set up and um the more like hands-on therapies start at around one week postpartum so that's the like shiatsu body work and the steams and um the belly binding and that sort of thing and yeah bringing nourishing food and um setting up a meal train and yeah I um typically that care lasts for about six weeks and then I'll do a closing ceremony the mother wow lucky women <laughs> wow. I love that your focus is on the partner too because they so need that support hey they really do and I only learned that through experience where you know I didn't see the partner much at all leading up to birth and then he just like totally fucks up the birth space and <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, I, it's really important now for me to spend a decent amount of time with them, but I also have sought out resources to refer them to as well, and I just, I really believe that it's a rite of passage for them as well, totally. um, and, you know, that they need to step up, and for sure, sometimes the support from me might be enough, but really, I think they need guidance from men that have been before and so it's great to see a couple of men really stepping up now and offering birth education programs for fathers. Um, so, yeah, there are a few dads I work with where I'm like, hey, you actually need to go do this course. Like, that's a non-negotiable. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Wow, what an incredible offering and support system that you bring into a woman's space. And as we said earlier, that should be normal. That should be normal care, you know, and imagine how, like, if that's how you exit birth, imagine how you enter motherhood, you're so set up and nourished and held, um, you are just going to be like on a high and feel so capable and strong and have all these tools that you've learned from the birth space and 
plugged into community already and resources like that's what it should look like um and we have a huge crisis at the moment of a lot of mamas feeling very depleted um a very high percentage of postpartum depression anxiety women exiting birth with you know PTSD which is like insane one in three women describe their birth as traumatic it's not okay so so nice to have you explain a normal day's work or a normal you know year's work with a woman and for people to see where the gaps are like that's what it should look like and that's what women should be demanding and expecting and I think if we lift the bar then um yeah it's just going to completely change the energetics around birth um Christy, you had a question that you wanted to. I, f- I feel like the question's already been answered throughout it, w- weaving all through that. Like it's already been answered, definitely. Because I was just basically going to say, like, you know, like there's a lot of women. We're trying to keep t- trying to get all the women on board. Like you need to feel this. You need to feel this. And everyone's like, oh, it's a bit woo woo or it's this or that. And it's like, oh, how do you deal with that? But I feel like we've covered it, to be honest. I really do. I feel like we've covered everything. I feel really good about it and just super grateful that you're able to come on and give us your time and energy and your beautiful essence. Like I think you're a legend. I love what you do. And yeah, thank you so much. Mm, thank you. <laughs> Did you have any um, last things that you'd like to add or if you had a woman in front of you um, who was feeling a bit lost, um, yeah, what what kind of advice or um, wisdom would you gift to her? Where's, where to begin on the journey? What's that first step? Yeah, well, I think it's so important that women just keep returning to nature and, like, what does nature want and, you know, that our body is a part of that and then just really following the threads. But I think, you know, going out and listening to other women that had really amazing births, like undisturbed births, um, and then finding someone in your area that's going to support you in that um and just like I just want to speak to as well that like you will never regret what you invest in your birthing journey like it's just the most important phase of your life for you personally and for your family and so yeah I think you know what we put in to our birth and ourselves in that time like we get it back like in multitudes and so yeah I just sort of want to break down the stigma around that that like you've got to you know invest financially in having great support because that's just kind of how it is at the moment and yeah but I've never met any woman that has regretted that so (laughs) And just taking up space and knowing that you're worthy of that investment, you know, I think some women maybe don't think they're worthy or there's some weird stigma around that. Um, But it's like, this is such a big moment. (laughs) That's the one thing to invest in, hey, like out of all the things. 
Yes, it is. And I actually would love to see more community funds happening for, um, you know, parents that are going through this rite of passage so that, you know, there's no problem being able to afford a birth keeper or a midwife or to afford a postpartum doula. Like, because, you know, it's, it is a huge pressure for parents going through that. But like, that's always been a it's always been the community's job to make sure that they have what they need and so that's I'd love to see that normalized more like whenever I see someone's postpartum fund pop up I'm like yeah sending you some money because well done for putting it out there like yes. and for honoring what you need so yeah yeah because having community around is next level like moving up here and giving birth to this little one I just had like this big community of women, I, I just, I, I can't even explain the feeling that that brings and just the comfort and the, even just to be able to just drop in and be able to receive that love is like so, there's so much growth in that and just so much heart expansion and like vulnerability and it's really healing actually. I love it. I want everyone to feel that. Learning to receive is a skill yeah. that we need to <laughs> relearn yeah it's, yeah yeah okay so if people would like to connect in with you Carla how can they do that what's the best way um Instagram is pretty easy so that's traditional dot healing and I do have a website uh www.traditionalhealingbirthwork.com amazing I'll pop all of that um with our podcast as well over on our Instagram um if you yeah felt called to connecting with Carla and all her beautiful offerings and work and just having you on the online space is such a gift in itself having the conversations and the topics that you put up there um just as you know circling back to the start having that that um, asking the questions, having that um, curiosity, sometimes just starting to pull at that thread gets you where you need to go and that's all you kind of need to do um, and not just uh, just accepting what is um, and how other people have done it, you know? What do you need? Yeah. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much <laughs> for so finding much. this precious time this morning to speak with us. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. I do. I love it. I love these conversations. So, yeah, yeah. thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Carla. <laughs>